Hey, what's poppin', guys? This is the Dust Rays Podcast. I'm Spencer. And I'm Alexander. Today's June 24th. It's a beautiful day outside. Summer is finally here. But you know what else is here? Baseball. The MLB is finally back. We're going to talk a lot, of, a lot more about that later in this episode. So we'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to episode 12 of season 1 of our podcast. Last Thursday, we made an announcement that we have a brand new website set out with an online store. You can fill out some forms that are an About You page. You can even listen to our episodes straight from the website and has a link to our social media. So make sure to follow at Delos underscore Reyes underscore podcast for more. We still got our mascot matchups. Those are finishing this Saturday will be the championship and we'll have a brand new one set out for you. Yeah, definitely go check that out. It's a good time. And as always, stay healthy, stay safe, the usual, you know what to do, masks, hand sanitizer, gloves. Let's go into the news. So, for our first um, news that I heard about this week, a former Cubs player, Addison Russell, he's a utility infielder, played second, third, and short. He might be going to the KBO to play for the Key Womb Hughes. Here, no, my bad. Key Womb Heroes, that's their name. Um, him and Matt Harvey are the two top MLB players right now looking to play in the KBO, rejuvenate their career, as they don't have the same free agency pool as MLB does. So it's definitely going to look interesting if he plays a different team in a different country and I might have a chance to come back. Yeah, definitely a big jump start for him. Yeah. So I'm going to be talking about the second article, which is MILB suing. So 15 teams, 15 MILB teams are suing five companies, insurance companies. So, and this is why. So, the government at the beginning didn't take Corona that seriously. Not everyone didn't take Corona that seriously. And then and then everyone started, there was people that were passing away and stuff like that. And the government's like, all right, we got to cut it. So, then it, the MILB, the MOB abruptly stopped. And they started losing money fast. Yeah, they did. Everyone was just, the money was just basically, there was a hole in their pockets and it was just falling out. So... The insurance company is supposed to like help them out through this entire time, and they weren't getting the help or as much help as they needed, and so they're in, they're suing the insurance company for the help that they didn't get. They want to get that help. Yeah, no, that was definitely when I heard about that. That I was like, wow. So like, I don't know. We don't know all the statistics about like who's totally right, who's totally wrong, but just from the generalized statement that came out yesterday, Bleacher Report, it kind of seems like the minor league teams deserve that money because all of them haven't even played. They're probably not going to play. As you'll see, we're talking more about statistics for what this season looks like for the Major League Baseball. But some ownership news, uh, especially for the New York Mets. They've been looking to sell, and I believe is Andy Cohen, um, longtime Mets fan, was looking to buy the team. And he left the bid, and now he's back. But it's just been him. No one's really gotten into that bid. And then... A-Rod and J-Lo got into the bid, along with the owner of J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan guy, he left. Now, a brand new one came out yesterday, and it's got Mets fans going crazy, because they're all, all these owners that are coming together for this big bid have all been at least New York baseball fans for their whole career. So they put A-Rod, J-Lo, the co-owner of Body Armor, Mike Rapotic, and the Barstool president from Barstool Sports, Dave Portnoy, all together, all four of them could be the new ownership of the Mets. Now, that would promote a lot of different things because I, I know for sure that um, City Field was originally a Pepsi product um, 
stadium-based. Yeah. But now they're moving to Coca-Cola. They already have Coca-Cola. Now Body Armor with Coca-Cola, that's going to be a big difference. And then Barstool being a part of a, a major league team is going to be a big difference. Yeah, definitely going to be interesting. So it was re- they already knew it was A-Rod, J-Lo, and the co-owner of Body Armor. The reason why they knew it was Barstool president is because he tweeted out, uh, for the exact words, it was something along the lines of, I was just contacted by a nominous source to buy a baseball team. I wouldn't have to relocate. And the Yankees aren't selling. He's from New York. So that definitely means he's going to be in this Mets ownership. It's going to be definitely something to keep track of. Yeah, definitely making me happy because Barstool Sports is a great thing. And I love watching all their stuff. And I'm excited. Now let's head into some other news. Spring training. It starts July 1st. But a lot of the teams say they want to go back to their home field or like where they grow. So like in New York Yankees, they want to go back to New York because they want to play there because in Florida, there's been a lot of Corona cases. Well, yeah, it's been spiking in, in Florida. And, they, and I know at least the Mets and Yankees are trying to go back to City Field and Yankee Stadium. I, we can't say the same for all the teams, though, because I don't know where Miami Marlins would go. But some teams have chosen to go back to their stadiums for the spring training. Yeah, definitely. But as everyone knows, yesterday the MLB Players Association and the MLB agreed to 60 games within 66 days of play. A universal DH for at least this season. Finally. It will be starting on July 19th, ending around September 27th. They, out of those 60 games, 40 of those will be divisional games, and 20 will be interleague. Um, we still don't know if they're going to have the six divisions or if they're going to do a three-division kind of thing. But we do know, unfortunately, which we're really mad about, they're doing extra innings. With extra innings, they're adding a runner on second base to speed up the game. Oh, yeah. I now, I've seen like this. That. I've seen this at the minor league level. Yeah, for a AAA independent league affiliate, and I honestly did not like it. Like it did, it sped up the game way too quickly. You shouldn't be trying to speed up the game. You should be playing it. Um, whatever yeah. happens, happens. You can't just put. So what they they want to do is the last batter out. They put them on second base after after the if ninth it goes inning. into extra innings. Yeah, it's I I think it's a dumb rule. Definitely. I don't like it at all. I don't like how they try to alter the game and make it faster. It doesn't make sense at all to me. I can't really see any positivity coming out of that. Um and. It just doesn't make sense to add that rule in. There's no, there's no, there's no con, there's no pros that come out of that. Yeah, yeah. It ruins the game. You know what that sound is? It's time for Alexander's fun fact of the day. Let's get it. So, Spence, you ever wonder why, there the Rockies had a purple dinosaur as their mascot? Uh no. I mean, it was kind of weird for me because, like, I was like, wait. It's a mascot, but they're the Rockies, and they're in the mountains. Well, actually, when they were constructing Coors Field, they came across uh, boulders with four-inch ribs of bone fragments of dinosaurs. Okay. So then they're like, I mean, they have to make it a dinosaur. They unfortunately don't know what type of dinosaur it was. That's why they, they made it the way it was, but... They definitely knew it was a plant eater, so that's why they went towards the Triceratops kind of thing. But they also, when they brought out the purple dinosaur for their mascot, they recreated it. They made it hatch out of an egg out of its first thing as its debut, I guess. It was definitely a cool act to see. That was pretty cool. Let's get down to the brass tacks and nitty gritty of today's episode. Let's do it. We're going to talk about, since this past Sunday was Father's Day, and the season's coming up, we figured we'd talk about the best father-son duos to ever play in the MLB, 
and possibly the future of the MLB. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to start with the ones that are currently, like the sons are currently, or, or grandson, for one of them, are currently playing or active, and they're going to go back to some of the best past. So let's start it off. We got Vlad, we got the Guerreros, Vlad Sr. and Jr. Now Vlad Sr. had 16 years in the MLB. Most of them were for the Montreal Expos. Like Half of them were for the Expos, the other half. The Angels played a year with the Rangers and his last one with the Orioles. Yeah. He was an MVP, nine-time All-Star, eight-time Silver Slugger, and he's inducted into the Hall of Fame pretty recently. I think it was 2017. Yeah, I mean, definitely he's a great person to be on your team, and he's an amazing right fielder, batting 318 his whole career. So those 16 years, he batted 318 the whole entire time. So I, he's outstanding of a player. And so is his son, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Let's head into some. He he's a he's a young guy. He de- he debuted. He played a little bit of major league ball. Yeah. Yeah. He played. Um. He only played a little bit of last season. He didn't get. He still is. Well, he, actually, he played in the minor leagues in the AAA team for about like a month or two. Then he got called up for the rest of the season. Oh, I thought he only played like a, a little. At no, the no, he came. He came up. But his first minor league career, even better than his dad's in the MLB, he batted three thirty one average. Well, let's not say he's automatically better. There's only one season. No, but no, I was saying in the minor leagues, in uh, his minor league career, he he was outstanding. And I loved watching highlights of him. I was watching when he was in AAA. He was smashing balls left and right. Well, he was gaps. a he was a home run hitter. He made the home run derby with the AAA team, the Buffalo Bisons of the Blue Jays. But if we're going to continue on that same route of the Blue Jays, we got two more young and old pairings for you. We're going to start off. We're, we're going to go next to the Biggios, Craig and Kavan. So Craig spent twenty years in the MLB, seven time All Star, four time Gold Glove, five time Silver Slugger, and guess what? Another Hall of Famer. Um, he's done great. He's really known for playing on the Astros because that's the only team he's played for for the 20 years. From 1988 all the way to 2007, he was truly his best during the 90s. That's where he got all of his uh, all-star appearances. He's led the league in in stolen bases. He's led in doubles a couple times, even in runs, plate appearances, games. There's three seasons where he's actually played all 162 games. That's durability and it was in the 90s. Talking about durability, he's a utility player. So he played second base and he played a little short. He got some catcher in there. And he also played some of the outfield, too. Yeah, he, he played Definitely really wherever they needed him. And he, he was that go-to guy for sure. Yeah, but Kevin Biggio, who's following in his footsteps, starting at second base, just like Craig Biggio did. Um, he's doing some explosive stuff. Out of the 100 games he played, he already has... Uh, 16 home runs and 48 RBIs. Yeah. He definitely does damage. And besides that, he's got a good eye, too, because he put up 71 walks. So he has a, a decent um, decent eye. Yeah. He's got plate discipline, for sure. Really good to have when you're young. Really explosive. But like we said, we still have two more pairings. So we're going to go to the Bichettes, Dante and Bo. So Dante, unfortunately, not a Hall of Famer. But he's a four-time All-Star and a Silver Slugger. Now, he had his, himself a 14-year career. He bounced around between the Angels back when they were in California, not Anaheim or Los Angeles. 
uh, played for Milwaukee for a little bit, even when they were in the American League. Colorado Rockies is basically where he's been known to play for for a long time. Uh, that's where he had his four all-star appearances in 94 through 6 and 98. And then he also played a season for Cincinnati and two for Boston. He played from the age of 24 to 37. He's um, he's at the league in total bases, 359 in 1995. He almost topped the next season, though, with 336. He wasn't that far off. Slugging percentage, he's got 620. 620. That was the same year, though, in uh, 95. He yeah, had a really good year. He had he, 40 home runs. He led the league in total bases, slugging percentage, RBIs, home runs, hit and hits. Like I, I, that season, he went off. He popped off. He for definitely sure. was explosive. Yeah, it was a great scene to I mean, watch. And he was still second place in MVP. He got the Silver Slugger and All Star appearance that year, but he got second place in MVP. He didn't win that MVP. That was the closest he got, though. Now let's head to Bobichet, his yeah. son. Um, shortstop plays a little bit of second base too, but Kevin Biggio is usually over there. He. In his 46 games that he played... Yeah, he didn't play too much. It was almost like a trickle effect. It was yeah. literally in the order we just told you was the order they came in. Mm-hmm. So it was around 120 games, 100 games, and then 46, which is kind of like September call-ups. Yeah. He he batted 311, so he's trying to follow in his father's footsteps right there. Yeah. Trying to be as good as his dad. Um, in the minors, though, definitely explosive. His whole entire minor league career... Oh, yeah. Um, which is... It's, it was three years... Yeah, three years, from 2016 to 2019. 321 batting average. He's gone through every team as well. So, definitely a player you want to have a gap shot. And he, I see great stuff coming in the future for him. Now, we're going to stay with infielders, but not for the father. The father was a pitcher. We're going to go to the Gordons, Tim and D. Gordon. Um, I'm sorry, Tom, um, Tom Gordon. Gordon yeah. Tom Gordon is a three-time All-Star, and he was the Rolades relief uh, pitcher of the year. So, he had himself... A 21-year career in the American League most of the time. But also, nationally, towards the end of his career. So he played for the Kansas City Royals and the Boston Red Sox. He took a break in 2000, came back in 2001 for the Chicago Cubs, played with them, and then was traded to the Houston Astros later that year. Played one season with the White Sox, two more with the Yankees, three more with the Phillies, and one with Arizona Diamondbacks. So you can kind of see, he played from 20 all the way to 41. Obviously a relief pitcher. Yeah. I believe he started his career off as a starter, though, because if you check his stats for 1989, his second season, he went 17-9 and within 40... Oh, actually, no. That, that's my fault. That was 49 games. But I'm pretty sure, like, well, at least in 1998, when he had his all-star, first all-star appearance, he he led the league in games forced, or and games saved. finished, and saves. So, he definitely... Yeah. A great... He was an effective relief pitcher. He didn't win that award for no reason. Yeah. That, he freaking did so much. Like, his ERA in... What was it? In uh, in 2004, when he was mm-hmm. ending his career, 2.21. Yeah, that was, an, that was another all-star appearance his first year with the Yankees. I mean, he's been in the postseason, too. Don't count him out. He hasn't won one, but he's been in the postseason. 1998 and 99 with the Red Sox. Also, yeah. Um, he made it to the ALCS in 99 and lost to the Yankees. Um, and then in 2004 and 5, went with the Yankees, made it to the ALCS, lost to Boston. <laughs> so he's always lost to a team he's played on. And then in 2007, made it to the NLDS, 
with the Phillies and lost to the Rockies. But let's talk about his son. Yes, yeah, his son is still playing and exploding. D. Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, second baseman shortstop. Plays a little bit of outfield here and there. He's won one gold glove, a silver slugger, and he has two all-star appearances. But also a batting title. Oh, yes. I yeah. didn't see that one. I believe that was for second base. Yeah. Um, definitely. He, in, in 2015, he led the league with 205 hits. And stolen bases in 2014, he led it 2015 and 2017. He played in for the Dodgers, the Marlins, and mm-hmm. the Mariners, which he's currently playing for now. Um, definitely explosive guy on the bases. He's one of those guys that He's like, someone that you want. He's not going to hit the home run, but he's someone you want batting one or two. Or if you're that deep of a team, you're putting him at six because he's going to get on base. He's going to move the ball around. And he's, he's going to allow someone else who's a power hitter to come up and bring him home. Yeah. He's a speedy guy, too. He He's he's one of those guys that will drop a drag bunt down yeah. and then sprint out the ball. And... He's 32, but he still has a lot left in him as far as his speed. And that's going to carry him. I know he's going to be a free agent in 2021. So that should be interesting to see next season if uh, Seattle takes him back for a fourth season. Because he's entering his third right now. Let's head into another father-son duo. We're going to talk about my favorite player of all time he's a catcher pudge rodriguez or ivan rodriguez as he's also known great explosive arm he's been an mvp he has a hall of he's in the hall of fame has a yeah, a couple golden gloves he's a strong arm all in all um he in in 2000 he, he made the all-star appearance a lot of times um from 1992 to 2001 he was in it every year and then in 2004 to 2007, he was in it. He played for the Rangers, the Tigers, uh, Toronto, and a little bit of Washington Nationals at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, as a Pudge fan, definitely watch his highlights almost every day. I love seeing him throw the ball. It's just, it's just like butter watching him throw. You guys, oh yeah, he did win the World Series in 2003. He came close to it. Again in 2006 with the Tigers, but lost to St. Louis. I mean, he's had a great career, for sure. Um, like we said, really good defensively, really good as far as his arm, and a really good bat for a catcher. Catchers aren't really known to have the best bat on the team, but you could probably bat him in the top six of your lineup, and yeah. you're still going to be fine with that. Mm-hmm. Now, his son is kind of young. Uh, Derek Rodriguez, he's a pitcher for the San Francisco Giants. He doesn't have that many accolades yet. He just kind of started. His career in 2018, he only played 21 games. He played 28 games last year. In 2018, he had a 2.81 ERA. Yeah, definitely good sub ERA right there. Almost the two. He's he still has a lot of room to grow. A lot of it. He hasn't made the postseason yet because they have made the postseason, but that's okay. Uh, the Giants still have a chance of the 14 team expansion. Um, like we said, this guy doesn't have a lot of stats yet. He's just. Kind of going through the motion. He was drafted by the Twins in the sixth round of the 2011 draft. Right out of high school. So he's been developing for a long time. He developed for seven years in the minor leagues. Before he was able to touch his LNB debut with the Giants. Where he pitched against the Rockies. It was 3.1 innings. Four strikeouts. I mean, you can't ask that much more out of him. Um, and, of course, there's always room for a player like that to grow. But let's go to another infield situation. A utility situation at this point. We're the Tatis, Fernando Tatis, senior and junior. and junior. So as far as senior, he's a third baseman, left fielder, and first base. 
So you could say he was kind of a corners kind of guy, not in the middle, unlike his son. Uh, both from the Dominican Republic, represent, uh, played for 11 years. And he happened to play for my team, the Mets, for the last three. But he's played for Texas, St. Louis, Montreal before it was Washington, one season in Baltimore. And then the last three for uh, the New York Mets. He's had a pretty good career with 113 home runs, 807 yeah. hits, batting average of 265. Not the greatest, but a he did the job. He got the job. Done. Slugging percentage of three of four forty two, and OPS is seven eight five. Yeah. On on base percentage of three forty four. So he definitely knew what he was doing as far as getting on base. He only made the postseason once. Uh, it was in two thousand. He actually played the St. Louis Cardinals. Twenty five years old, and he lost in the NLCS. He beat the Braves in the NLDS, but lost in the championship series to his. Uh, to be future team, the Mets. And then they went on to lose to the Yankees. But like, it's, it's, it's crazy what we're seeing, how all these players are going to the postseason. They're playing teams that they're going to play, and they're losing against yeah. them. There's not been one yet where they've beaten a future team. I mean, if they just know, then, and they're like, oh, yeah, we, we beat you, but we'll take them. Let's talk about the son, Tatis Jr., Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, the shortstop for the Padres. Mm-hmm. His first season was 2019. Actually, a really great season for him with twenty two with twenty two home runs and a three seventeen batting average. Definitely does damage with a four point one WAR. He's the type of guy that you'll put up your second or maybe sometimes third batter, and he'll do damage against these guys that are p- pitching or like hanging curveballs or whatever. He'll be able to read that. He's a great player. He now, was, Jordan Alvarez won the Rookie of the Year, but if he would have played a full season instead of half, Fernando, he definitely would have had. That Rookie of the Year award had been alongside Pete Alonso. Yeah. Um, he was born in Dominican Republic like his father. So he um, he went through the Rookie League. Mm-hmm. He played for the AZL, the uh-huh. Northwest League. He went through almost all the teams. Now we're going to head into the Yaz Trimsky family. Let's talk about Carl and Mike. So Carl, who's a left fielder, a first baseman, is a Hall of Famer and MVP and has some more stuff to him. He was an 18-time All-Star, three-time batting title, Major League Player of the Year, All-Star MVP, seven-time Gold Glove, and Triple Crown winner. Now, he had a 23-year career, and every year was dedicated to the Boston Red Sox from 1961 to 1983. Uh, from 65 all the way until 79, he was a consistent All-Star appearance. Or he had his All-Star appearances, and then... Between 82 and 83 his last seasons, made the All-Star game again at the age of 42 and 43. Um, he's led the league in multiple times with games, runs, hits, doubles, home runs, RBIs, walks, batting average, on-base percentage, slugging, OPS, OPS plus, and total bases. So basically every offensive statistic, he almost had it except for stolen bases. And, th- and triples for some reason. But every other statistic he's had and led at some point. I mean, this guy's got an average of 285. It doesn't look good on paper, but slugging 462, on base percentage 379, 452 home runs. He had a really long career. He, he knew what he was doing. Everyone loved him. He, and he, the great part was he was part of the game at one point in time where you spend your whole career with one team. Yeah. And he was that lifer guy. He just stayed with the team. Similar to like players like David Wright or Derek mm-hmm. Jeter. They stayed with their team the whole time. 
Let's talk about the son, Mike. Well, the grandson. The grandson. The, the son, I forgot his name, but he only played in the minor leagues. Yeah. The grandson, Mike Yastrzemski. He's an outfielder. He played most of his career, um, his minor league career, for the Baltimore Orioles and their affiliation. And then he got traded to the Giants. And I feel like the Giants really won this trade because as soon as he touched his bat to um, some major league uh, time, I guess, Mm -hmm. for 107 games, he slaps 21 home runs. So he was was waiting to get some appearance in the I mean, he was an all-star as far as the minor leagues three years in a row for Aberdeen, Delmarva, and Bowie. That's the short season, regular A, and... The double A team. He was moved up very quickly and he was kind of stagnant at triple A for a while. And once he got traded for the relieving pitcher, Tyler Erb, he kind of exploded as soon as he had his debut. Um, it it all actually only took him two months to bring him up to the major leagues, and he's been on the team ever since last year. May 25th was his exact call up date. But the he's guy, had a great career, and there's still room to improve. Yeah. But a, a cool fact about him was he was drafted three times. In yeah. 2009, right out of high school, his senior year, Boston Red Sox were like, you can be like your grandfather. Come join us. He was mm-hmm. like, I actually want to go to college. Went to... Um, Vanderbilt. Think, Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. yes. And then his junior year, the, the Mariners tried to draft him 30 round. He was like, I'm going to stay till my senior year. His senior year, 14th round, got drafted by the Orioles, yeah. and the rest is history. <laughs> now, well, we got two power hitters here. Some Probably, arguably, some of the best power hitting duos in the MLB. The fielders, Cecile and Prince. So both kind of like first base and designated hitter, third base kind of deal, but not third base as much. Um, This guy got drafted at the University of Nevada, three-time All-Star, two-time Silver Slugger, and won the World Series in 1996. 319 home runs and a slugging percentage of 482. You can tell he's a power hitter. He played for 13 years. He bounced around a little bit, but wherever he played, he kind of had a little bit of durability except for his last three years he played for toronto detroit for a long time similar to his son <laughs> um played a couple years for the yankees and ended off his last season playing for anaheim and cleveland you know cecil is just a great big bat to have you're a nice four have you ever seen a picture of him he's a big dude like yeah. people that you can compare this same conversation to would be frank thomas the mm-hmm. big hurt um and then both fielders like they're just, they have the big body. Like, they got that football body. But they play yeah. baseball, and they hit dingers instead. Yeah, they destroy the baseball. It's yeah. hard to come up against them. Now let's talk about the son, Prince Fielder, first baseman, a little bit of DH. Um, he was a six-time All-Star, one-time All-Star MVP, mm-hmm. three-time Silver Slugger. Also, it's funny. He hit 319 home runs in his career. And so did his father. Yeah, the exact same that's, amount. That's that's a little scary. But he had better slugging percentage, five oh six. Um, played his time in Milwaukee, Detroit, like his father, and some with the Texas Rangers. Yeah. Um with in two thousand eleven to two thousand thirteen he was an all star every time. Consecutively, yeah. In in the in those seasons he played every single game. But here's here's an interesting fact about this guy. Besides the fact he's made the postseason multiple times he's made it 2008 2011 12 and 13 and 15 fortunately didn't get to, he made it to the world series but lost against the giants in 2012 um one interesting fact about him he's, he's gonna be the highest paid player this season 
But he's not playing. He's not playing, but he's the highest paid player. So how it worked is he had a contract with the Rangers. I forgot for how much, but he was he had a career-ending um, injury that required surgery. He could not play baseball again. So every year they give him a certain amount of money. So he's making more money than anyone because everyone's doing prorated salaries for the season. So Prince Fielder is officially the highest paid baseball player in baseball, and he will never see the MLB field, at least professionally, ever again. That's something crazy to think about. <laughs> it is. It definitely is. So let's head to the Ripkins. We got three of them. Kyle Ripken Sr., Kyle Ripken Jr., more explosive one out of the three, and his brother, Billy. So let's start off with Kyle Ripken Sr. He was... He, he basically spent... It, all in all... So he was a manager for three years, but... Being a part of the Baltimore Orioles organization, he spent 36 years. Not just as a minor league player throughout all the different teams. He was a scout and a manager for minor league teams and major league teams. He, he had a really good success record. And I, I was well, obviously we were in the live during the time in the 80s when all three were on the Orioles. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely something to see where you get a brother duo and their father all on the same team. And they, the Orioles did really well. They got the World Series. Yeah. Cal Ripken Jr., who is son, who I'm going to talk about, definitely an explosive guy. He's known for out. He's the, I think he played, was it the most? Or do you know that stat where he was like. I want to say he's the most consecutive games, games. without taking a break. Yes. He's like the Eli Manning of yeah. baseball. Um, he's a Hall of Famer, two time MVP, 431 home runs in his career. With a 95.9 war. So, definitely explosive. Most of his seasons, he's played every game, like we said. He's really durable. And yeah. He's one of those guys that you'll just have and he'll, shoot, he'll hit shots. Now, for those who don't know, Carpenter Jr. actually owns the Aberdeen Ironbirds, a short-season team of the Baltimore Orioles, one of the rookie teams. And he's known as the Iron Man because of how many games he played. So that actually is why they're called the Iron Birds. And their logo, it's a combination of a bird. And then there used to be an airplane that was made of like iron. It had blue and orange on it. They've had some pretty cool logos over the years. But let's go to his brother, Billy. He's a second baseman, shortstop, third baseman, basically an infielder. Um, he's had a 12-year career, half at Baltimore. And then he's had a couple seasons with Texas, one with Cleveland. A reunion with Baltimore in 96 for one year. And another one with Texas and Detroit. So he kind of bounced around a little bit around the American League. He put up a batting average of 247. Wasn't um, as good as the brother, but he still was not bad. 20 home runs, 318 for slugging percentage, and a 294 on base percentage. He had a war of 5.9. And like you said, he's basically in Baltimore for Moses' career, 7 out of the 12, a little over half. And he, he with with... Billy, Karakin Jr., and Senior, I mean, there's no better trio that could top that. Yeah, a fun fact is um, both brothers were both drafted out of high school, both to the Orioles. Yeah, they both knew they were both great talent and ready to go. Straight out of high school, so. Uh, now let's talk about the Bonds, the Bonds family. Bobby Bonds and Barry Bonds. So let's talk about Bobby Bonds first uh, with an explosive bat. Three-time All-Star, three-time Glow Glove, All-Star MVP. He does it all. 
with 332 home runs in his whole career and a 57.9 war, he's your four hitter, and he's going to hit bombs, just like his son Barry. So his son Barry, seven-time MVP, four-time All-Star, eight-time Gold Glove, 12-time Silver Slugger, two-time batting title, three-time Major League Player of the Year. Now, don't take that lightly. Major League Player of the Year, three times. The best in the whole league. He's a lefty all around, through, and batted. He had a 22-year career. He started off in Pittsburgh, had a two all-star appearances for them. And then from 1993 all the way up to 2007, he played with the San Francisco Giants. Never left the National League. From 93 to 98, had consecutive all-star appearances. Did it again from 2000 to 2004 in his last season. His last two raw, he got it. Yeah, he was pretty much a durable guy, like we said, because he played left field and, um, well, it could be a DH because National League. So there's one season where he led in 144 games. He's had a lot of runs, home runs. He's got the record, um, 73, 74 if you count the one in the postseason. As far as walks, he's been walked a lot. He's actually led the league numerous amount of times. There was one time in 2004 he had 232 walks. Yeah, no one really gets that. There on. is a fun fact though about him. There, there was one game where they were down by two. No, they were. They, yes, they were down by two. The San Francisco Giants bases loaded. Barry Bonds was up. I forgot who they were playing, but Buck Showalter was the manager for the team at that time, mm-hmm. and he said, "All right, we're gonna intentionally walk him." They intentionally walked in a run, so they in. in they intentionally walked Barry Bonds, and they got the third out because there was two outs in the bottom of the ninth. Mm. They did not let Barry Bonds walk off on them. They people said it was crazy what they did to make to give him a run, but I guess it worked. <laughs> now let's talk about the Griffies. Got our last family here. Yeah, the last family: Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey, um, who is a three-time All-Star, two-time World Series winner, and a one-time All-Star MVP. Uh, He's an outfielder, a first baseman, played Cincinnati for most of his career. Um, Then he went to New York Yankees, played a little Toronto, went back to New York, had a long season, played for 19 years. Uh, Not a long season, a long career, my fault. Mm -hmm. Um, With a two ninety six batting average in his whole career. He was an explosive guy, and there was at one point they played on the same team. Yeah, for the Mariners. For the Mariners in his last two seasons. In 1999. Yeah. But let's go to the son. Now, he's known as one of the best players to ever play the game. Um, another true lefty. Hall of Fame inductee. MVP. 30-time All-Star. 7-time Silver Sucker. 10-time Gold Glove. Also an All-Star MVP. And won the Major League Player of the Year Award. Now, he hasn't won a World Series, but he's been there a couple times with Seattle. And one time with Chicago when he was 38 years old towards the end of his career. But he hasn't made it past the ALCS, unfortunately. Um, he had a 22-year career, um, consecutively from 1990 all the way to 2000. So basically, all of his career with Seattle and one year with Cincinnati, he made the All-Star game every year. Um, this guy is he's easily one of the most well-known players, even by his stance. You can black out his stance, make it a silhouette, and you'll know it's the kid. It's Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. Uh, besides being on the cover of that, uh, I forgot what video game. I think it was MLB 17, the show. Yes. Or 18. I'm not sure. I don't remember. This guy has been publicized everywhere. Um, when he was in the Hall of Fame, everyone, everyone knew he was obviously going to make it. 630 home runs through his 22 years. 1,662 runs 
On base percentage of 370, slugging of 538. He's led the league in runs, home runs, four times. The highest he's got was 56. He did it twice, back-to-back in 97-98 with his dad. Um, led in RBIs. He's done the slugging percentage and even total bases as well. Uh, yeah, but definitely first overall pick in yeah. the 1987 draft, straight from high school. Yeah. So usually guys go to college, and then they become the first overall. No, straight from high school, they knew he was and something. Something crazy about that. So he was 1987 was he was drafted. His first game was 1989. He got drafted out of high school, did two years of minor league service, and all of a sudden this man is in the major leagues. Why they call him the go. kid? He's why he's the kid. He's a young guy. So he, he's kind of. I don't want to compare him to Bryce Harper because I like this guy way much more. But both entered the league with 19 years old. Same with Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to do it for us here at the Dallas Rays Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 12 of season 1, Father-Son Duos. Make sure to go to our Instagram at Delos underscore Rays underscore podcast. Check the link in the bio. It's going to bring you to all of our episodes. You can even go back to social media if somehow you got lost. You can check our online store, fill out a form. We're putting out a brand new promo video for the MLB because season's about to start. Thank you again for tuning in. Have a great day and a great rest of your weekend. Have a happy, happy Wednesday. Let's bring baseball back.